اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الف لام را تلک آیات الكتاب المبین انا انزلناه قرآنا عربیا لعلکم تعقلون نحن نقص عليك احسن القصص بما اوحينا اليك هذا القران وان كنت من قبله لمن الغافلين صدق الله several years back probably about maybe 6 7 years back in the ataqaf we had discussed surah yusuf in somewhat detail inshallah we will discuss this again we won't go through the whole surah line by line and ayat by ayat but various parts of the surah we will inshallah discuss the purpose of discussing the surahs of the quran sharif the ayat of the quran sharif as we term it as tafsir this is not just something for this to keep us entertained in any way or because especially for example when it comes to surah yusuf somehow there's more interest generally in surah yusuf everybody understands it to be a story and some as a love story so somehow there's more interest but that is not the object quran sharif right at the beginning of the quran sharif in surah al-fatiha there is a dua and that dua is wajib it is something we cannot do without ihdinas sirat al-mustaqim so we commence the quran sharif the quran sharif has commenced with surah al-fatiha and that is this dua ihdinas sirat al-mustaqim so we are asking allah taala ya allah guide us to the straight path grant us this hidayat and this is a dua that a person has made so immediately thereafter comes surah al-baqarah alif lam mim zalikal kitabu la riba fi hudal lil muttaqin that you made dua for this hidayat so this is the answer to your dua so to say that this is allah taala is saying to us that in surah al-fatiha you made this dua for hidayat so this is the answer to the dua that this kitab zalikal kitabu la riba fi hudal lil muttaqin this entire quran sharif is now being given to you this is the book of hidayat you want this hidayat now you act according to this quran sharif and you will be on the path of hidayat so this entire quran sharif is for hidayat it is not for the sake of some kind of storytelling for the sake of some entertainment it is to take the ibrat it is to take the lessons the incident of yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam this surah is unique in the sense that it is the only surah and the only incident in the quran sharif that has been narrated in this manner where in sequence from beginning to end there is a an incident mentioned in substantial detail many other anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam their incidents have been mentioned in the quran sharif but there is some aspect mentioned in one place another aspect mentioned in another place some details here and there but not in this sequence as the incident of yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam is mentioned so therefore in that sense this is unique but again while this is an 
incident in history, it is not for the sake of just some historical record. The Quran Sharif records a lot of history. All the incidents of the Anbiya is all in history. All the incidents of the nations of the past, those who succeeded, those who failed, those whom Allah Ta'ala blessed with the heights of success, those who were completely destroyed. It's all history. But the Quran Sharif only records that aspect of history which is a means of guidance for mankind. History is news. Only that news is worth anything which has some kind of instruction for the way forward. News for the sake of news, news for the sake of some just pastime is futile. But that news which guides the way, person gives him some direction for the way forward. Sometimes that news, the direction for the way forward would be that somebody gave him some news that certain incident happened down the road in a certain place. So in other words, that is news, but it is an instruction for the way forward, don't go down there. It's dangerous there, so don't go in that path. There have been several incidents there. So that news now is not just news, but it is instruction, or it is direction, it is guidance, it is advice for the way ahead. Or a person gave somebody some news, I went to a certain place and I benefited greatly there. Well, that's news, but that news is advice. That this is something that I went out in Jamaat for a period of time, for example, now I benefited. So now he's giving him news, but he's giving him news in that his advice, you should try this out too. That news is worthwhile. But news for the sake of news, this happened, that happened. As my Ustad Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Hamid Sahib often uses this example, that just news and history, just to know the history that Napoleon was born apart, what benefit it does for anybody, that of no benefit to anyone, futile. But this is unfortunately where a good part of our minds get occupied from childhood, in, from school days, learning that kind of history which is of no benefit to us. This is also a historical incident. But you will find that only those parts of this incident are mentioned in the Quran Sharif, where every bit of it has direction, guidance, advice for us, for the way ahead in life, what we should be doing, what we should not be doing, how we should be relating to situations. So this is something that is the aspect that we need to be focusing on when listening to the commentary of any surah of the Quran Sharif, any ayat of the Quran Sharif, that what is the lesson in this for us. Surah Yusuf, Allah Ta'ala describes it in the Quran Sharif, in the opening ayat of Surah Yusuf, that نَحْنُ نَقُصُّ عَلَيْكَ أَحْسَنَ الْقَصَصِ That we relate to you the best of incidents, the best of narrations. According to the riwayat, this surah was revealed when the Yahud, the Jews, this was more as a kind of test, to try and test Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they came and asked him a question. They asked several questions over time and this was merely their mischief that they used to ask out of this mischief. Their whole mischief was and the background to this question was all these kind of questions was that they were expecting the last Nabi to come. They had already seen this in the scriptures that they had. 
that the last and final Nabi is to arrive. And the time they could make out was around the time that they were in at that time. And they expected this last and final Nabi to come in the progeny of Hazrat Ishaq Ali Salatu Salam. Because they were also in the progeny of Ishaq Ali Salatu Salam. And they were expecting this to happen accordingly. But when it turned out that Nabi Salam who was in the progeny of Ismail Salam, he is the last and final Nabi, despite having recognized all the signs in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya'arifunahu Quran Sharif declares that they recognize Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam like a person would recognize his own son, like they recognize their own children. A person can get mistaken in many things, but he doesn't get mistaken about his children. He can make out his children even from a distance, from a mile. So they, in other words, saw all the signs so clearly. But despite that, they still rejected Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam purely on the basis of this jealousy. That why did he come in the progeny of Ismail Wasallam, not in the progeny of Ishaq Wasallam, that progeny which we, we belong to. So in any case, now that they had come onto this rejection from time to time, they would teach the mushrikeen that go and ask this question, go and ask that question, and they would come and ask. The Quran Sharif discusses some of these questions. Yasalunaka anir ruh, yasalunaka andil karnain. The Yahud would come with these questions, or they would put the mushrikeen in front, they would stay in the back and wait to see what happens. That if the answer comes right, then we'll just sit quietly. And if the answer comes wrong, na'uzubillah, then we'll have a chance to prop- make some propaganda. So in any case, one of the questions that they asked on one occasion was, that what was the incident, or how did this happen, that the progeny of Yaqub they were living in Sham, in Syria. What happened that they finished off in Egypt? Where's Syria, and where's Egypt? And in that time and age, these were distances apart, difficult to travel. So how did this whole family end up in Egypt? This is one part of the question. And the other part of the question, what was the detail about the incident of Yusuf Now even in the scriptures of the Bani Israel, there were some, some points mentioned there, but not in too much detail. There was some incident, some details that they had, but not in the detail that the Quran Sharif mentioned. Now they came and put forward this question more as a trial, as a test, as a kind of test question to see now what's the answer. Allah Ta'ala revealed this entire surah to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with this detail of the incident of Yusuf Wasallam, which itself was a mu'jiza, was a miracle. That neither was this detail contained in any of the scriptures that they had, nor were these details known commonly by people. Sometimes a person just gets a lot of news from people, he hears things, history, People, old people knew some things. Nobody had this detail. And neither were there any books with it, nor was Nabi Wasallam a lettered person that he could read. So he could not have read it anywhere. He could not have read it anywhere. He didn't hear it from anybody because nobody heard. Nobody knew it. It wasn't available in any of the scriptures. And this entire incident, Nabi Wasallam is now reciting it to them. This was a mu'jiza, and this was true make it clear to these people out of their mischief asking these questions that 
there is the detail which itself is a testimony that Nabi Wasallam is the Prophet of Allah Ta'ala, he is the Messenger of Allah Ta'ala. This is not something he could have brought out on his own. This is only the revelation that Allah Ta'ala has revealed upon him. So this was the whole surah that was revealed on that occasion. And this is the aspect that we will inshallah briefly discuss some of the aspects of this incident. Some of the things that are in every ayat, there's a lesson. Every ayat gives us many messages. There isn't time to go into every detail. But nevertheless, something that is right at the beginning of the surah, which is of very great importance to us, which is not directly related to the incident of Yusuf But nevertheless, this is something that we should be taking note of. The surah starts off like many other surahs with Alif Lam Ra, which are known as the Khuruf Muqatta'at. These huruf e these individual letters that appear in the beginning of many surahs, right at the beginning, surah Baqarah, Alif Lam Mim, then Kaf, Ha, Ya, Ain, Saad, Ya, Seen, Taha. The Mufassirin, when you open the tafsirs, the books of commentary, then in explaining these huruf e Allahu A'lamu bi muradihi bi Allah alone knows best what it means. Some say it's a secret between Allah and the Nabi, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nobody else knows. Some have given some kind of interpretations. It's all just a thought that perhaps this could be the indication. But everybody would then having said that, say that what is the real meaning only Allah Ta'ala knows. This is just perhaps in the light of various other things, some perhaps indications. But the clear view is Allah knows best. Now, this is a part of the Quran Sharif. Our Iman is on the Quran Sharif. Our Iman is on every letter of the Quran Sharif. And here we are in the Quran Sharif, as we mentioned, Allah Ta'ala says the book of Hidayat, book of guidance. And right at the beginning of the Quran Sharif, Surah Baqarah starts off Alif Lam Mim. And we go to say, we don't know the meaning of it. Allah alone knows the meaning. Allah knows best what it means. So on the one hand, we are saying the Quran Sharif has come for our guidance. The Quran Sharif is a book of instruction. But right at the beginning, we start off by saying Allah Ta'ala knows best what this means. We don't know what it means. What is the message in this? Allah alone knows his hikmah, the depth of the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's wisdom is infinite. So who is going to ever be able to even fathom a fraction of that? But, among the things are, that right at the very beginning of the Qur'an Sharif in Surah Baqarah, and repeatedly at the beginning of so many surahs, this insan is being made to acknowledge his helplessness, his lack of knowledge, his lack of understanding, and his inability, only that he will understand, which Allah Ta'ala will make him understand. And what Allah Ta'ala did not Give him the detail, he'll have to stop right there. So right at the beginning, he stops first to say, look, this I don't know. Allah Ta'ala knows best. So when Allah Ta'ala knows best what this means, the rest of it also, I will have to take that direction of what it means by who Allah Ta'ala has given the explanation to. And that explanation has come to us of the Qur'an Sharif via Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
And Nabi explained it first and foremost, the first recipients of the Quran Sharif were the Sahaba Ikram. They were the personalities who heard the tafsir of the Quran Sharif directly from Sahib Wahi, from the personality upon whom the Quran was revealed. They were present on the occasions when the ayat were revealed. They knew best which ayat came when. What was the context in which that ayat was revealed? What was the background to the revelation of a certain ayat of the Quran Sharif? So just as we are dependent on the tafsir of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the details of the tafsir of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to us via the Sahaba Ikram. So anybody who tries to understand the Quran Sharif in a manner of trying to bypass the Sahaba Ikram. And Allah forbid beyond that bypass even the tafsir of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then this is a sure recipe for deviation. He will get deviated, the Quran Sharif he will be reading and he will get deviated by reading the Quran Sharif, na'uzubillah. And this is something Allah ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran Sharif as well. Yudillu bihi kathira wa yahdi bihi kathira. The very Qur'an Sharif becomes a means of many a person's guidance and this very Qur'an Sharif becomes a means of many a person's deviation. person reading Qur'an Sharif is going to get deviated. Yes, many people became deviated because they decided to approach the Qur'an Sharif without coming through the door of the Sahaba Ikram and via the tafsir of Rasulullah So they decided to do something of their own so they ended up somewhere else. So without trying to understand the Quran Sharif through the tafsir of the Sahaba Ikram, who learnt it in the light of the tafsir of Rasulullah then a person is, this is a sure recipe to deviation. One person was travelling in a plane, so now the meal was served. So the meal was served, now it was not any, no halal arrangements were there in that flight. So one Arab person was sitting next to him. So he opened it up, it was some meat, and he started eating. So this person thought maybe he's not aware, he started cautioning him that look, this flight, I'm fully aware of it, that there's no halal arrangements here. So none of these meals, there's any care taken to provide halal meal. And this is meat you're eating. So he says, what's the problem? He also was among the New age mufassirin. There's many new age mujtahideen, new age mufassirin. So he was also among those people. So he said, what's the problem with it? Now he knew an ayat of the Quran Sharif. And now a person knows an ayat, it's very easy to just quote an ayat. But whether that, what he's quoting, does it apply? Has he got the right understanding of it? So like that, many people nowadays are quoting. They have a lot of ayat that they can quote, a lot of a hadith that they can quote. But is that quotation correct? Is it being understood correctly? Is it being applied in the correct manner? So this person to knew one ayat. So of the kaf now he recites the ayat. That on whatever Allah Ta'ala's name has been taken, eat. So I read Bismillah and opened this. So I read Bismillah and opened it. Now what's your problem? Now this was his tafsir. Whereas that refers to that that animal on which the name of Allah was taken when it was slaughtered. It was slaughtered with the name of Allah Ta'ala. Now that animal has become halal. It was slaughtered in the correct manner. 
with the name of Allah Ta'ala taken. It wasn't slaughtered on as the mushrikeen used to slaughter in the name of their idols or in the name of anyone besides Allah Ta'ala. Now this is what the Quran Sharif is saying that وَكُلُوا مِمَّا ذُكِرَ اسْمُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ What Allah Ta'ala's name has been taken on at the time of slaughter that has now become halal that is something you may consume. This person thought you open anything read Bismillah whatever it is Allah forbid then he'll eat pork also and he'll say he read Bismillah and Auzubillah. Now this is the deviation that came from where? From his own self-study. That, what do I need anybody's guidance for? Why should I be asking anybody else? The Quran Sharif is there for me too. The translations are available. So I can pick up the Quran Sharif and decipher for myself what it means. Whereas even the Sahaba Ikram, despite being experts in the Arabic language, the Quran Sharif is in Arabic, they are experts in the Arabic language, and this is their mother tongue. And despite that, from time to time, they too had to come to ask for clarification regarding various ayat. Come to ask Rasulullah And there were times when they understood something, but when Nabi explained it, they realized that the explanation was different. So, there were occasions when sometimes somebody expressed a tafsir, a sahabi corrected him. That, Look, this is not the correct application. You are understanding this, this differently. Once at a time of a battle, one person went deep into the enemy lines. Now obviously this is putting oneself in great risk, because now single-handedly a person is just diving into the enemy lines. So somebody, again, on the spur of the moment, quoted an ayat. وَلَا تُلْقُوا بِأَيْدِيكُمْ تَهْلُكَ Allah Ta'ala says, don't put yourself into danger and drop yourself into destruction. Now look at this person, what he's doing. He's going against the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Now he quoted an ayat. Now often when we just hear somebody quoting an ayat, this person must know what he's talking about. He's quoted an ayat. Whereas has he understood what it means? Abu Ayyub Ansari radiallahu ta'ala who was present. He said, don't quote wrongly. This is not what this ayat means. This ayat means something and it was revealed on a completely different occasion. This ayat was revealed when a time came after having continuously been at the side of Rasulullah the Ansar were all the time sacrificing whatever they had to assist Rasulullah after he came from Makkah Mukarramah, made Hijrat and came to Medina Munawwara. And they had been constantly engaged in this to the point that many of them were they had depleted all their wealth so to say, whatever else. Now a time came and mashallah the Muhajireen also were now on their good footing. The numbers of the Muslims had increased tremendously and there was so much more stability. And now a time came when there was another expedition, but that was a time now when other things were happening, some Ansar, this thought crossed them. That look, things are still carrying on, but Alhamdulillah, the numbers have grown. There are so many people around to now assist. So if we now take a little bit of more attention towards our farms and orchards and tend to eat a little, take care of our other situations, so inshallah this won't affect anything because we, ha- we have been there all this while, we are still there and there are so many more people around now. So this little, this thought, this little discussion perhaps among some of them, not even everybody, just few, this little Realigning the focus, so to say. 
that now we'll pay a little bit more attention on this side. On that occasion, as Abu Ibn Sari says, Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Your thinking in this manner that now we'll give a little bit more attention this side, not continue with the amount of assistance we are giving to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that is destruction. Don't put yourself in this destruction. Now what is the application of the ayat and where was somebody applying it? Now the point that we learn from this very, very, the very important point is, the Qur'an Sharif, the Qur'an Sharif is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, there's two parts of this Qur'an Sharif. One part of it is that which is the very clear ayat of the Qur'an Sharif wherein there is nasihat, there is the incidents of the Anbiya Wasalam, various other ayat of this nature. Very, very clear that anybody recites it, he will be able to, meaning if somebody understands Arabic, he'll understand it. If somebody has read a translation of it, he'll understand it. And to take the benefit of that message, Alhamdulillah, straightforward. But there's the other part of the Qur'an Sharif. One is the ahkam. There are very comparatively fewer ayat pertaining to ahkam. But even in the incidents, there are ahkam that come. There are laws that come. Or there are various conclusions that come out of it. All this is not the job of anyone and everyone. This is not any layman's job. A person decides he wants to, he's got a case to fight, so he decides to take the law books out. So if he decides to take the law books out, then he can call it as a lost case already. He'll have to go to the experts to find out. And if it's a very, very serious case, he won't even go to an ordinary attorney. He wants a junior counsel, he wants senior counsel, he wants an advocate. Because now somebody who can understand the law properly in depth, the Qur'an Sharif is beyond all the law books of dunya. This is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. So this is not anybody's and everybody's job to now try and take out conclusions and deductions from the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif and say, well, this is what I think it means and this is what the point comes out from here. Yes, we take the ibrat as it is mentioned. Fine. As far as the ahkam are concerned, we can't even delve into any kind of explanation of that. We go directly to the mufassireen, the muhaddithin and the fuqaha and that will be explained to us by the ulama ikram who have understood these explanations of the muhaddisin, etc. And even just taking out deductions. This is what perhaps the point comes. That too is not just a straightforward thing. That too has its depth. So therefore, we should be very careful. Yes, the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, one part of the Qur'an Sharif hidayat, is merely from the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is hidayat. The Qur'an Sharif is for hidayat. We should recite and make, mashallah, the month of Ramadan, we are trying to maximize tilawat. Before every tilawat, we should consciously make the niyat of hidayat. Not just that it is only for sawab, sawab is there, we will get the sawab. We should consciously make the niyat of hidayat. Whether we understand what we are reciting or not, this too again as we said, the huruf muqatta'at, alif lam ra, Nabi Islam uses these very same huruf muqatta'at to give the example when discussing the rewards of tilawat. That a person who recites the Qur'an Sharif, on every letter he gets ten rewards. As an example, Nabi Islam says, Alif, Lam, Mim. Whereas the meaning of Alif, Lam, Mim, who knows? He's saying, Allah knows and all. But Nabi Islam uses this as the example to give the reward of Tilawat. So what is the message in it? That even if you don't understand one letter of what you're reciting, you are getting rewarded. And the Qur'an is for Hidayat, if you've made the niyat of Hidayat, Hidayat is coming as well. But 
We should be reciting consciously, reciting with this niyat of hidayat, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala will grant us that hidayat. Inshallah we'll continue tomorrow. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdi. Ashhadu an la ilaha